We're in a situation where we have put together, and you guys did, did it for our administration, the President Obama's administration before this. We have put together, I think, the most extensive and inclusive voter fraud organization in the history of American politics. Welcome to the BCP podcast. My name is James, aka BCP, Black Conservative Patriot. Let's address the elephant in the room. James, I'm disappointed. I haven't seen episodes with the regular regularity. What's going on here? Fair question. And I think you're going to like the answer. In business, we have something called slowing down to speed up. I have been conducting, and you've seen a few of these interviews, and had have special guests on, and you've been asking me to have special guests on and interviews and what have you, and I've done that. I've I've have some ready that are in the can, in the can coming from back in the day when they would film stuff and put them in actual, I guess, tin cans or aluminum cans or whatever, before sending them off to the editor, and. You'll see at least one of those interviews this week, maybe two, but I think I'm just going to do, I'm going to show you one of these interviews this week, and then you're going to start seeing them more often. So it's not just going, this show is not just going to be me having, doing an analysis and reporting the news and having my commentary, but there's going to be interviews. There's going to be special guests. Like for instance, on Friday, I had Will Johnson of United America First. Uh, he's also on Lindell TV and LFA TV. And he and I discussed fairly briefly the one topic of the J6 tapes that were that had been released on Friday. So I'm going to have a mix of those segments and then long form, hour, maybe sometimes hour plus interviews and discussions with experts on topics that we cover and are near and dear and important to us. And I've got some uh, some exciting people that uh, have said, yeah, I'll, I'll be on your show and we're scheduling that. So, please forgive me the lapse of time, but uh, I have been producing content. It's just not up yet. But like I said, you'll start seeing that in the coming days and weeks. You'll start seeing that. So, I'm excited to sprinkle that in. So, let me get into the commentary I have for you today. Uh, Let's talk about, uh, there's a few things I want to talk about here. Uh, Let's start off talking about this absolute ridiculousness about... When it comes to the this machine that abused our men and women in uniform, didn't allow them to get exemptions from not taking the bioweapon masquerading as a COVID-19 vaccine, ruined their careers, their livelihoods, uh, didn't want them because they didn't want to be experimental rats. And now they want them back. Is this a lover, a boyfriend, a girlfriend, uh, an, an, an ex that realizes your worth and now wants you back? Or is this a psychopath, sociopath, controlling ex who wants you to come back so they can manipulate you again? 
Very, very interesting what's going on right now. In the meantime, the U.S. Army facing repercussions of its COVID-era policy. It says its cuts over vaccine mandates have weakened the size of its force and are now calling on them to come on back to service. The Army kicked out more than 1,900 soldiers for refusing a COVID vaccine. At least 19 of them have now been welcomed back to active duty. A letter signed by Brigadier General Hope Rampey, Army Director of Personnel Management, says, quote, as a result of the rescission of all current COVID-19 vaccination requirements, former soldiers who were involuntarily separated for their refusal to receive the COVID-19 vaccination may request a correction of their military records. I'm not thinking this is the U.S. military realizing how much they value and care for those soldiers, airmen, sailors, marines, whom they threw to the curb. I think they just can't get enough dates. They can't get enough new dates. So now they've got to go back to the disgruntled ones. The Army is struggling when it comes to meeting its recruiting goals. Active duty has dropped from 485,000 in 2021 to about 452,000. Its goals for fiscal 2023, which ended at the end of September, was 65,000 new recruits. The Army came up 10,000 short, so Army leadership is outselling service. We're looking for more, um, you know, a call to service to come into our ranks, and I, I think it will accelerate their life. So we'd love to talk about the opportunities to be in the, the Army or any of the services. They really think lowly of us and they hate us because they're getting people, and maybe I'm wrong, but they're, they're rolling out stars to get people to join the ranks or join the ranks yet again. You know, people like wrestlers and so-so Hollywood action stars? Is that going to sway you? They've also enlisted some VIP help with Dwayne The Rock Johnson visiting the Pentagon to talk recruiting last week. It is critical, as Pentagon brass expects the Army to play a significant role if there's conflict in Asia. When you need recruits, roll out The Rock. So while Joe Biden was in California getting rolled by the Chinese, The Rock was in Washington. <laughs> and if The Rock is not man enough for you, don't worry about it. The U.S. Secretary of the Army is a bad A, and she's going to inspire you to join the warrior rank. I tend to think that the Army will have a huge supporting role for the joint force in the Indo-Pacific. And in that regard, what do I mean by that? I think the Army will play a core role in establishing and protecting staging bases for our air forces, for our maritime forces. All right. So how do they reach out to these formerly scorned, unvaxxed warriors? They sent them a letter. And that letter wasn't always well received. Let me show you a few things that a former Green Beret had to say with this attempt to bring back unvaxxed soldiers. So last week, the Army sent letters to service members kicked out because of the shot mandate, stating that they could apply to get their separation, their discharge statuses upgraded and that they could contact their local recruiter to come back in because the policy changed. We had many such as myself, so retention issues, who were disillusioned and choosing to leave. 
you also have now this recruiting crisis and we have an unknown number of service members who've been in, injured. And basically there's just not trust. And service members who were kicked out, they were treated terribly. Many of them were not able to eat and enter the dining facilities where vaccinated service members went to. They were forced to mask when others weren't. They couldn't go into the gym. Service members such as myself, I couldn't deploy. I couldn't move to a different duty station. I couldn't travel. When I was in a training environment, I had to wear a red wristband saying that I was unvaccinated and red tape trying to indicate that I was different or somehow unclean. Psychological warfare, the scarlet letter, the star of David, the yellow cards. These Marxists, they always play by the same rule book. So now all of a sudden the military thinks they can send this letter to us and that we're going to want to come back. And there's a lot of problems with the letter and some of them are to me, what was most obvious is there's no new policy. Here's one of those letters. This one is the Army. Dear former service member, we write to notify you of new Army guidance regarding the correction of military records for the uh, for former members of the Army following rescission of the COVID-19 vaccination requirement. As a result of the rescission of all current COVID-19 vaccination requirements, former soldiers who were involuntarily separated for refusal to receive the COVID-19 vaccination, may request a correction. But it says here, as a result of the rescission of all current COVID-19 vaccine requirements, you can do that. But it doesn't say that there's not going to be new COVID-19 or COVID-20 or or COVID-21X, or I guess 23X or 24X, um, or new strain requirements, and then they're going to be in the same boat again. The policy to apply to upgrade your discharge has always been there. The policy that you can go to a recruiter to try to get back in, that's already existed. So there's no new policy. Further, there's no accountability. This order, there, there was no FDA approved shot, which means that the order was not legal. In order, it's very simple. In order to order an American, a service member to take a shot, it has to be FDA approved. And there was only emergency use authorized approved when the mandate came out. So the military did something illegal. They forced you to take an experimental shot. There's no accountability for that. There's no accountability for how this dumb decision-making, how forcing someone to take something that we knew caused heart issues in young men, uh, where we didn't know the long-term consequences, common sense would tell you, hey, maybe we shouldn't jab the entire force of those who are expected to protect and defend the, con the country. Unless, of course, that was the design all along to weaken our military from within. All right, let's talk about Ukraine and they want to continue sending money there. And now they got Secretary Janet Yellen giving more reasons why we should be sending money to Ukraine. Oh, it has nothing to do with weapons. It has nothing to do with the battlefield or anything militarily. National security now depends on Ukrainian school children? What the hell's going on here? The Biden administration has this $105 billion security age package um, on the table. What's the chance that it, uh, it gets passed before the end of the year? Well, um, 
it's a critical priority for the president and critical to the national security of our country. Um, I can't prognosticate about the timetable on this. Um, I'm pleased that Congress has passed legislation to keep the government open and running, but it really is essential that uh, this aid be provided. We can't allow uh, Ukraine to um, lose a battle uh, on the home front because it lacks enough money to keep uh, school teachers in the classroom. Can you get that through your thick skulls? U.S. Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen, it is national security that Ukraine have enough school teachers for their children. That's national security for us. It's that That's imperative. They really hate us, don't they? And you know who else they really hate? People who went to the Capitol to protest on January 6th. I suspected this was happening in some form spying on people who went to the Capitol on January 6th. But these details, wow. They really have an operation out for the people that went there. I mean, not just bugging phones and checking your internet and pinging your GPS data. They literally have eyes on you. And I say you because I did not go to D.C. on January 6th, but I know many of you within this community did. So pay attention. This is Sonia Labasco of the Air Marshals National Council letting us know what the Air Marshals are up to. You know, chasing people who flew to D.C. on January 6th. Oh, it doesn't even matter if you went to the Capitol. It just matters that you were in that city on that day. We're not flying right now. The only missions that we're doing are Quiet Skies missions, and those are missions that are following the January 2021 people. So we're either on the border uh, for illegal immigrants or we're following folks from January 2021. We're not doing our regular missions where we're out there looking for the bad guys. So right now on uh, most flights, you're not going to have air marshals. What do you mean by that? You're following January 2021 people. What does that mean? That means our primary mission is a little group called Quiet Skies. It's a mission called Quiet Skies that we're following people that flew into the National Capital Region in January 2021. You did not have to go to the Capitol or the rally, and you've been put on a specific list that TSA now has assigned air marshals to follow these people who have not had uh, any type of criminal investigation. They haven't committed a crime, but yet three years later, we're following the same individuals day in and day out. Our border is porous. We have unvetted people coming from the Middle East and enemy states. They're finding Chinese all the time and they're letting them go with a notice to appear. But Grandma Jane, Abuelita Juanita, Miss Granny Lee, Grandma Nguyen, and Grandma Smith who went to visit the Smithsonian. Oh, they've got time, money, and resources to track them. This is absolutely mind-boggling. So you're saying that air marshals are now following people that were at the Capitol uh, on January 6th, and they're not tracking terrorists at all? 
Well, they didn't even have to be at the Capitol, Carly. They could have just flown into the National Capital Region. So if anybody was there for uh, a job interview, to visit family, we even had a gentleman that was there for a funeral. They put it, put on this domestic terrorist list just because of their geographic location to Washington, D.C. Put on the terror watch list for merely going to the Capitol. So now being patriotic, well, not now, we've been seeing this for the last three years. But another example of how being patriotic somehow makes you a terrorist. Obviously, you're not a terrorist, but you are ideologically a threat to slave masters that do not want you straying off the plantation. I mean, even the Fox News host here is absolutely floored. So these people did not even commit a crime. They weren't even at the Capitol. What? Do those people know that they're on this list? Some of them do, because when they go to the airport, they get the quadises on their boarding pass, and then they have to go through enhanced security. Then they're followed by teams of air marshals on, on any leg of flight that they have. So yes, a lot of them do know that they're being followed, yet they haven't been vetted, and they have not committed a crime. And three years later, we're still doing the same duty, and we followed the same people over and over for three years who are no threat to this country. Followed these people on flights. How expensive and how resource intensive is that? Looking for people to commit a crime that they hadn't, they hadn't done yet. Pre-crime. It seemed that only a miracle could stop the bloodshed. Within just one month under the pre-crime program, the murder rate in the District of Columbia was reduced 90%. Pre-crime. Anyway, that was a clip from the movie Minority Report. Stop the crime before it happens. Why are they still tracking these people? F folks, are they planning an another false flag? One that will have more casualties than January 6th? You realize that they were planning for more casualties on January 6th. And when it didn't pan out, they still pushed the false narrative. So glad that we have the January 6th tapes coming out. Can't wait to see what else we find. A whole bunch of 40,000 hours worth of boring nothing. Now, speaking of flying, and if you're paranoid, uh, just because you're paranoid doesn't mean it's not happening. Air marshals following people that just flew to January uh, out to the Capitol on January 6th. Tucker Carlson, today, uh, Tuesday, at the Risk on 360 Global Success Conference in Las Vegas, Nevada. On his flight to Las Vegas, Nevada, keeping with the aeronautical theme, he was texting. And the people he was texting felt like you and felt like me. You're not the only one that's paranoid about what's going on in our nation today. At least not according to Tucker Carlson. Is that it's really a volatile moment. I flew out here across the country this morning and spent five hours texting people, mostly people I know, but also the entire mentally ill community in America has my text, so a lot of crazies too. But also a lot of people I really like and who are smart and temperate and reasonable people who've been around, who are my age, I'm 54, you know, kind of seen stuff and have measured opinions on things. And I gotta tell you, every single person I texted with, with the exception of my wife, who's not on the internet at all, was uh, angry and paranoid. Seriously, 
and these are not crazy people, these are normal good people with like kids and stuff, with a vested interest in Americans' success. These are not the burn it down caucus. These are the, you know, these are the people you want voting. And they were all angry and paranoid. Every single one of them, some of them really angry and some of them really paranoid. And I have to say, after assessing uh, their views for five hours, I think they were justified in both. They try to frame J6ers, and they did, over a thousand people, many in jail, many sentenced. Now they're trying to frame people who were just in D.C. on the 6th. And they're framing and trying to impeach President Trump. And nothing seems to stick and he's more popular than ever. These people are desperate. What wouldn't they try to get back power? So yeah, we have reason to be paranoid. Like they had every reason to be angry and all the evidence required to become paranoid. And so I'm not mocking them at all. This is going to be the next year is going to be, I think I'd bet my house on it, um, really like nothing we've ever seen in, in the country. And everyone can kind of feel that. You know, most of our perceptions come through intuition rather than reason. And if something bad is about to happen, everybody gets jumpy. And everybody's really jumpy right now. Um, so I'm not here to you know, make your anger and paranoia worse, just the opposite. All you need to know is that what your senses are telling you is absolutely true. And if you feel that something very intense and history changing is about to happen, don't ignore it. See what makes Tucker Carlson so well liked, loved, respected is he's got the spirit of zeitgeist. Are you scared of what the deep state, or maybe not scared, but are you paranoid, nervous? Are you curious? Are you aware that these people are so desperate that they may try something drastic in the next year? What do you think that might be? A false flag? A 9-11, a terrorist attack, a new war? A new pandemic, uh, plandemic, scamdemic? They can't get us with COVID again, I don't think. Might it be Ebola? Might it be some sort of dirty bomb or... I mean, I'm, I'm being drastic here, folks. Or might it just be a, a stock crash? Might it be a terrorist attack? A, a bombing? A knife, knifings of people? I mean, I don't know. I don't want your imagination to run wild. But we've got a lot of unvetted people from the Middle East running around. We've got the Hamas-Israel war right now. We've got a lot of pro-Palestinian people. And of course, we know that there are people controlled by the, whether it's MK Ultra or some other mind control and drug control, mass shootings. Or as Tucker Carlson suggested a few months ago on Adam Carolla's show, the assassination or an assassination attempt on President Trump's life. Are they going to let Trump be president? No, of course. I mean, look, if, you know, they protested him, they called him names. He won anyway. They impeached him twice on ridiculous pretenses. They fabricated a lot about what happened on January 6th in order to impeach him again. It didn't work. He came back. Then they indicted him. It didn't work. He became more popular. 
Then they indicted him three more times, and every single time his popularity rose. So if you begin with criticism, then you go to protest, then you go to impeachment, now you go to indictment, and none of them work, what's next? I mean, let, you know, graph it out, man. We're speeding toward assassination, obviously, and no one will say that, but I don't, I don't know how you can't reach that conclusion. You know what I mean? Like, they have decided, permanent Washington, both parties have decided that there's something about Trump that's, that's so threatening to them, they just can't have him. Yeah, President Trump's a big threat. I mean, there's a, a couple things at play here. They may try to take him out, kill him, assassinate him, or force him into hiding. And at the same time, distract us with some kind of mass event, mass casualty event. We had the other day, Representative Dan Goldman, actually on Jen Psaki's show on MSNBC, he has since apologized and said he was he used the wrong word. But he openly talked about how President Trump must be eliminated. How he's a threat and he's a danger. So when he talks about he's we need to eliminate him because he's a danger and a threat, that's not even really a veiled assassination threat or call for assassination. It's not very veiled at all. If you missed it, here it is. Is that the people who were there are his supporters who he riled up and incited to invade and riot at the Capitol and try to disrupt the proper counting of the Electoral College votes. So every time he talks, he's uh, putting himself into a bigger criminal hole. Uh, but the, but his, that's not his objective. His objective mm. is purely political at this point. But his rhetoric is really getting dangerous, more and more dangerous. And we saw what happened on January 6th when he uses inflammatory rhetoric now and his recent true social post uh, is incredibly, incredibly scary for anyone uh, that might be trying to op work in government. And um, it is just uh, unquestionable at this point that that man cannot see public office again. He is not only unfit, he is destructive to our democracy, uh, and he has to be uh, he has to be eliminated. He is a danger to their democracy, meaning their rigging of elections, their putting up their own anointed and their own people, representing we the people. Is your paranoia in the form of an assassination or assassination attempt, at least, of President Trump or maybe someone from his family? I mean, th these are scary thoughts. We don't want to go there, but these are all possibilities. Could it be something else? I don't want to scare you. I, I'm just wondering, what, what are some of your concerns? What are some of the things that you worried about? Put them down below. I'd be interested to see what form of paranoia you have. But this is a group psychosis. A lot of us are feeling this way. And Tucker Carlson having his finger on the pulse. He is expressing what I think we know at a gut level to be true. Now also we're praying people of faith. And if it's God's will, we can pray that his will will spare us from this. But God's ways are harder than our ways. And these things are still going to happen. It uh, it rains on the good and the bad, on the rich and the poor, on the righteous and the unrighteous, on the left and on the right, on conservatives and on leftist Marxists.
I'm curious to see what your thoughts are down below. Tomorrow, I'm going to have another news segment for you on uh, for, uh, for Thanksgiving. The day after that, I'm going to have a special episode for you. One of the interviews that I already have in the can. And then Friday, you'll just have to check in to see what that looks like. And then next week, exciting stuff happening as I roll out this new multifaceted format for this show. Hang tight. The best is yet to come. I'll be back tomorrow. We're in a situation where we have put together... And you guys did, did it for our administration, the President Obama's administration before this. We have put together, I think, the most extensive and inclusive voter fraud organization in the history of American politics.